Hi everyone, welcome to Camilla Cava Food Photography Podcast, a place where I interview talents in the food photography industry to learn ins and outs and help you and myself grow a food photography career. On today's episode, I talk with multidisciplinary artist Claire Luxton. Claire has achieved great artistic and commercial success through her series of evocative multimedia digital images. Her vivid surrealism and beautiful self-portraiture, as well as her distinctive editive style, have earned her recognition and acclaim as both a fine artist and a photographer. Claire has collaborated with brands such as Adobe and McQueen's, and her art has been commissioned by clients such as J.P. Morgan, the Birmingham Royal Ballet, and Westminster Council. Most recently, her art is being showcased in a peace exhibition for the United Nations in New York. Together we discuss the topics such as how to make a living and build a prolific career as an artist, what it means working with the galleries, how to price your own work, printing methods, and many, many more topics. Hi Claire, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, so much fun. So for the listeners that might not know you, could you introduce yourself, what do you do, who you are, where you're based? So my name is Claire Luxton and I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I'm based in East Sussex, which is in the countryside in England. And I'm roughly between London and Brighton for landmarks that people might know. <laughs> yeah, it's helpful. <laughs> nice, perfect. And um, in terms of the arts, you mentioned that you're a multidisciplinary artist. I'm so sorry, it's a difficult one. Oh, I mean, I mean, who can who can barely barely get it out in English? You know, it's, it's just it's so it's 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 a long word. I I never my you know my spelling is terrible, and any time I have to write it, I'm like, is that is that written correctly? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Okay, so in terms of that, so what do you exactly do in terms of the art? So my my practice has kind of evolved quite a lot over the years. So when I first started out, my practice was heavily based in sculpture and painting. And when I was at um, Goldsmiths, which is where I studied, they were my two main disciplines. I used um, a lot of resin and a lot of steel. And over the over the time, my um, work evolved with photography and photography was always a medium that I had, which I kind of used very experimentally. It was a way of sketching and coming up with different ideas. And over the years, I started to find more of an interesting conversation with my photography. Mm -hmm. um, instead of then, you know, working on something else as an end result, I wanted to explore what that conversation was. So, I got to a point where I was predominantly working on photography. However, then over the years, things, you know, tend to come full circle. And I, I love using my hands. I love making things. So it's kind of, you know, depending on the project, depending on what I'm trying to explore, will that will kind of dictate my medium. So whilst on social media, people will see a lot of you know, my photography, yeah. I'm also working on, you know, other things as well. And, and also when I'm, you know, working on my photography, 
the the way I construct those is very is very sculptural as well. So mm-hmm. I, I I can't necessarily say I use one specific medium. And that's yeah. why I you know it's easier to say multidisciplinary because that's right. really the heart of my practice. Uh-huh. Right, because most of what we see indeed on your Instagram is basically photography and involving a lot self portraiture. If, if yes, I'm correct, right? Yeah. So how long have you been photographing actually? So I got my first camera when I was 15. So I've been interested in photography for like 14 years now, give away my age. (laughs) And, um, but I mean, professionally for five years, really. Uh And it's, it's just interesting how the medium for me has like, grown and evolved it's become an extension of my body and my practice and I I started using myself in my photography for a number of different reasons but primarily when I was working on sculpture and painting I was fascinated with the way our our bodies occupy space and how they interact with the surroundings and materials so when I was working on a sculpture or a super large painting, a lot of that interaction that was happening was between the the materials, the space we were occupying, how I worked with the materials, and it was very physical. Uh-huh. Whereas when I started initially looking at photography, that kind of interaction I felt was lost. So to to kind of get that conversation going again, I started to use myself physically within the photos so I could continue that narrative and that's how the self-portraiture began. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Yeah, because well, self-portraiture are oh, like your work on Instagram and your work on TikTok, what I see, oh, it's so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Oh, t- I mean, so nice. TikTok is, is like my new, my new little like discovery and I'm like, yeah. oh, and it's so, it's so interesting because so many people know my work from Pinterest but have no idea who like whose work it is because you know things get shared on Pinterest with no no credit or sourcing and then people are finding me now on TikTok being like you're the girl from Pinterest (laughs) really well well, no it's just I'm not but I am I guess Uh because I have I have no idea how people are are discovering discovering my work so yeah it's quite it's it's nice to be able to you know, I, I, it's it's so interesting how the different platforms are so different yeah. in in the way people interact. Even though it's it's the same thing, so I'm kind of learning to navigate how I'm able to best, you know, vocalize and share my work on yeah. TikTok. But it's yeah. quite exciting. It's very exciting. It's such a new platform. Like I found you through TikTok, to be honest. Oh, well, that's so cool. Yeah, you see, it, yeah. It, it, I found you through TikTok. It's crazy yeah. how after. You know, I've been I've been growing my Instagram for like four and a half, yeah. five years now, yeah. say, and it, it's so much harder to kind of grow on on there. Yeah. Not that that's really, I mean, growth is nice and it's I like it when it's organic. Yeah. It's not my pure goal really. My goal is to be able to share my work, but obviously it's then nice if new people are able to see that, yeah. which is what I feel can happen. On TikTok, I feel that that actually, you know, your work is being shared with people who are interested in 
yeah whatever your demographic happens to be so that's yeah. i think that's really cool yeah it's incredibly targeted on tiktok and the reach is very very big like i think yeah. more people saw my work on tiktok than on instagram for sure yeah which is i think incredible yeah yeah so interesting very good platform Okay, so talking about business perspective, indeed, um, the one of the questions that I want to dive into is, um, like, people are aware that, um, in terms of at least photography, that you can make, uh, let's say, living out of the commercial work. Yes. But um, there's this common misconception, like, how do you make living out of art? I mean, mm. you know what I mean? So I'm yeah. very curious, what is your um, way of making your living through art? So it's quite interesting because my journey is almost backwards. So I first started making a living through art, yeah. through my photography as art. So yeah. um, I, from university, I worked with a number of different galleries um, mm -hmm. and I started to sell my work internationally that way through galleries and collectors, seeing my work, purchasing my photography. Yeah. And then over the years, as that has become more well known, I've then off the back of my photography, then got commercial work. Uh -huh. So it's it's kind of it's for me, it happened in the other way around. So I kind of had a strong foundation in the art sector first um, before. So for me, it's always been about exploring my practice and my fine art and if I'm able to use my art in a commercial way and collaborate yeah. with brands and I find that super satisfying I love working on big projects it's really exciting but my practice has first and foremost always been rooted in 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 the fine art sector so mm -hmm. it's I, I you know I would encourage all photographers to know that you know they have a value like what they're offering is is of value and it depends on what works for you in terms of how you like you know what you want your career, career to be how you want to explore it because they're not mutually exclusive but at the same time you don't have to do both like you don't yeah. have to be if you're a fine artist fine art photographer you don't have to do commercial work equally if you're a commercial photographer it doesn't mean you have to sell your work as you know art mm -hmm. so um but also to know that you can do both I think that's important that's very interesting because for me the art world is something completely new and I think I started discovering that a little bit more than I uh, you know when I saw you on TikTok when I yeah. learned about you and and your work and that photographer can be an artist um, absolutely you know so for me that's completely new world and I'm just wondering what are the ways to indeed you know enter that world how do you become yeah a fine artist yeah I, I mean I would I would say that there's a number of kind of like entry entryways which um are accessible I mean no guarantee of anything I mean it, the you know the art world is a very complex beast and it's evolving a lot at the moment I would say entering competitions is wow. a great way so there'll be there's so many fine art photography competitions every year international there'll be like a small fee for most of them to enter mm -hmm. um and that can be a really great way for the right people to start seeing your portfolio yeah. to start seeing what you're creating 
Another way is to reach out to galleries that you feel are a good fit for your work. Again, a, a lot of any type of business is is putting yourself out there. You know, you have to take that first step because often people aren't going to come to you and it's only later that people might start approaching you to you know do things the other the other way is to wait for um you know a gallery to approach you but that again that might take time so I think it's you know also speaking to your peers so networking with you know with the right people having conversations being open sharing your work um you know, constantly being open to interpretation and just kind of really building that community around you that is, that has a set, you know, a similar kind yeah. of just interest. I mean, you don't want to be in an echo chamber, but you want to kind of surround yourself with, you know, people who have um, similar goals or ambitions or yeah. are interested in the, you know, interested in art, for example. Yeah. So I think there are lots of different ways to enter into the fine art world. But also, you know, you don't need a piece of paper or anything else to say that you are a valid artist, Uh you know. So I think that you, if you're true to your own practice, I think that's a lot of it as well. And staying on that course. Right. That makes sense. So you say like the probably like art galleries are yeah. a very important step to basically put yourself out there. I mean, I have seen artists do well without working with galleries. And I'm not, I, I mean so I had a period of time where I was it was around two or three years where mm-hmm. I was solidly working with galleries and I then decided that that wasn't for me anymore because there's mm-hmm. lots of there's lots of ups and downs with galleries some galleries are absolutely amazing some galleries aren't amazing like with most things in life yeah but so I, I've seen a, so I, I then had a couple of years where I did everything myself and it still worked for me, but there's obviously then whilst you don't have any commission to pay, because mm-hmm. if you if you work with a gallery, a gallery basic commission is generally fifty percent. So uh-huh. um Oh, they take a big commission. So yeah, that, that that's kind of like a general baseline. You'll get some galleries where they might take less, but on the whole it will be around the fifty percent mark and that's quite common. Okay. So whilst you there's there's swings and roundabouts um but I would say you know don't ever really go exclusive with just one gallery because it really like closes off your options so I think it's interesting you have to you have to navigate the space and you know find good people so it's completely possible to do it successfully without galleries but working with galleries can be a really nourishing and valuable part of an artist's career because there are some fantastic galleries out there who you know work with some really amazing artists really wonderful fine art Uh programs and you know can really springboard um who is seeing your work yeah um 
I think the visibility is just super important and having um, open dialogues about what you're working on and mm. having, um, you know, a strong voice. It doesn't have to be the loudest voice, but, you know, as I said before, staying true to your voice and what you're expressing as an artist. Yeah. So don't feel you have to go down the gallery route, but it is. it can be like a really rewarding um, experience. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm probably going to sound like a noob. But how does it exactly work working with a gallery? So basically you come with certain um, collection, let's say, or portfolio of your yeah. images and um, they basically have it at the gallery already printed and then they sell your work. And then can you bring the same ones to different galleries, but then it's not anymore exclusive? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's completely... Every single time you work with a gallery, it will be a completely different setup. So you might work with a gallery for a specific, as you say, a specific collection. Um, and whilst you're exhibiting that specific collection, they might request that you are exhibiting that exclusively with right. them. Mm -hmm. So you could say you have a different collection of work. You could be exhibiting that other collection with another gallery at the same time, but not uh -huh. the same collection so that they right. have exclusivity. Some galleries don't insist on that. Some galleries you'll say, say you have an artwork, which is an addition of 20. Some galleries are happy to take 10 and another gallery will take another 10. But it's all about having, about being honest because mm -hmm. you you don't want to tell one gallery that you are, you know, exclusive with them and then, and then do that to another no. gallery. And then, yeah. you know, because people will find out and that's not good for anybody's reputation, you know. So, um and yes you you know you will pay for the you know if if it's a, a physical artwork yeah you know it will be up to you to produce and okay right to deliver uh -huh. deliver that artwork um right. and yeah and I mean negotiate what you're comfortable with but yeah I mean every single gallery is always completely different and they have their own terms their own mm -hmm. expectations also you might be just working on a a group show for example where you might just have one or two pieces in a larger collection with other artists and it will just be like a one-off thing where you exhibit with them for say mm -hmm. a month it's not permanent it's just a, a smaller show mm -hmm. for the interim you know I, I have a group show coming up in Paris I think in November nice. um and I just have one I have one piece in uh -huh. that show it's for like Paris um photo week and there's lots of other artists involved yeah. in that show so for that instance it's just a one-off you know yes. exhibition uh -huh. of, exhibition of that artwork um and then I have another um exhibition which is opening in a couple of weeks time in London at the Koppel project which mm -hmm. is just off Regent Street I have three artworks in that show and there's another two artists and that's Excellent. that's running for around a month and again that's just a one-off exhibition mm -hmm. um at that time and I'm going to be installing the artworks this week actually so ah, that's really that's, so that's really exciting yeah so yeah it's it, you know it's all and, and also just you know speak I, you know, I feel really strongly about not gatekeeping um, secrets, you know, because we all 
it, I, I have found when I was first starting out, no one tells you anything. You know, you have to, you have to figure it out. So, you know, I speak to lots of other female artists as, who are around my age, who are navigating their their art career, and you know, we all share different stories and discuss our own experiences, which then help in turn helps each yeah. other. Um, as there isn't a book 101 on <laughs> artist life. Yeah. Maybe that's my TikTok, artist life 101. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So absolutely, it's all different, different uh, depending on which gallery you're working with. Yeah, makes sense. That must be super special seeing your work hanging at the art gallery, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I love can't imagine. Yeah. I love exhibitions, yeah. especially get you know, getting to work on a solo exhibition. My last solo exhibition was in two thousand and eighteen yeah. and I was thinking of one last year, but then obviously last year was Oh yeah. <laughs> not, a, not a go. Not a go last year. No. Um so it's just it's really exciting to be working on even, you know, group exhibitions at the moment to be able to have the public engaging with artwork again in an exhibition setting yeah. and working with other artists is super special. Yeah, I bet. And then do you go to your own exhibition? Like you stand there and then greet the people or not? I'm just curious because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> if there's normally under normal life, non-COVID conditions, yeah. there'll right. normally be a private view. Uh -huh. um, which isn't always the very first day of the exhibition, but will typically be sometimes there's like a first Thursday or it might be a Friday evening or mm -hmm. something like that. And it will be a proper launch ah, to the event nice. at which you have, you know, maybe drinks and a meet and greet and, you know, chat to everybody. And nice. which is really special because then you can actually speak about your work and, and share the process and have some really special conversations with people. Um, but at the moment, that's not really possible. Right. Um, you know, hopefully, I mean, maybe by the end of the year, that type of um, meet and greet will be possible. I hope so. But other than that, no, I'm not there. I'm not there all the time. No. <laughs> like, Standing there next to work, standing yeah. next to the work, yeah. I was curious because in the movies I always see was you know Buffy <laughs> champagne standing in the gallery, so I was imagining. Yeah. But that's well, the opening night, then. Yeah, basically. that's the opening mm -hmm. night. Yeah, so that definitely happens. Nice. That definitely happens. Um, but yeah, not that will just be a one-off. Yeah, yeah. that will be like the, that will be the private view, which is always really buzzy. <laughs> nice. That also must be super fun. Yes. Okay. Um. Another thing I wanted to ask is what makes, uh, you know, a picture art and not just a picture? I mean, that is a massive question. Yeah, that's a difficult <laughs> that's, one. Isn't that's it? a big question. I mean, as we all know, art is super subjective. And I feel, from, from my point of view, I feel that intention is the thing that defines mm. whether something is art or not because 
intention holds weight and holds narrative and purpose and thought and process and all of those things that I just listed to me are things that build up an art practice Mm -hmm. so if somebody even you know if I take my phone um and do something intentional with it Mm -hmm. in an art in a way that is (laughs) Um, trying to convey something yeah. that I feel I picture as art, then yeah. I feel that that is art. Right. Um, I, I I strongly feel it is to do with intention and purpose. It's not to do with the quality of an image or if it's you know professional or uh-huh, uh-huh. all of those things. I feel like all of those things aren't really not really existent when it comes to art I think that art is subjective whether someone likes an artwork or not Mm -hmm. is subjective Mm -hmm. but what makes something art I feel is the intention behind the the making or the 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 placement or the purpose or the conversation that the object image space is conveying Okay, makes sense. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's such a massive question. It's a difficult question. I'm really curious because, like, how do like? Okay, I have this bunch of pictures. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. How do I know if that's actually an art or it's just a picture that I do? I mean, you know what I mean? It's difficult to. Yeah. If you feel that, I, I mean, I'm, you know, you are a photographer. You are an artist. So your work is by proxy art I mean half the time the first step is you know deciding to share Mm -hmm. what you have made Mm -hmm. um and be open and vulnerable about having a conversation with that because I'm sure you know as a creative yourself you know that to me every single piece of work I share is a small part of myself so it's laying that on the line and sharing an element Mm. of vulnerability so I would just encourage you to you know just share share the work and and see what conversations come from that right makes sense nice and then (laughs) another tricky one for you oh here we go (laughs) how do you go about pricing your art then yeah so I mean pricing evolves as your Mm. career evolves so when you I would say that if you're first first starting out and you want to price something have a thing well it depends on what you're pricing have a think in mind about the the actual physical cost to yourself like materials um your your time um any any kind of like delivery or shipping costs etc cetera, etc cetera. all of that will just give you a basic baseline you know like cost yeah what has this cost me to produce because you know in in any other job you're being paid for your time yeah so you also need to factor that in to the production of art yeah your your time your creativity 
and then the actual physical costs. Then I would also recommend you looking at possibly other people who are in a similar stage to their career, what type of price they're charging, just as, as a baseline. Um, then, of course, once you have, have a value that you feel comfortable with, you can then, you can then go from there. And, uh, you know, you have to set a price that you are comfortable with and you feel validates you and your work. I mean, I see memes all the time about, you know, artists giving their price and then clients being like, how much? You know, I want, I want, I want this, but I want it for this much. And, you know, it just, that's, people don't realise what, you know, the value well, not everybody realizes the yeah. value or the amount it takes to produce something. Yeah. So I would say do your research and factor in what you feel your value is because nine times out of ten that will be right. Don't sell yourself short. No, yeah, that's right. I agree. Because I bet it's a similar um, way of how you do it. Like, let's say when, when you work with a client in commercial photography, you also do mm-hmm. exactly the same. So same with the art, basically, when selling yeah. art, you yeah. also check how much time you invested in something like this, how much costs that uh, that portrayed and um, yeah, absolutely. based on that. That makes absolutely. sense. Yeah, that so, you sense. know, if you, were, if you were doing a commercial project or a photo shoot, you know, you'll quote, the client and you'll feel quite comfortable in like well this is this is how much it costs if you want to book this or work on this and you just apply the the same thing to to your artwork yeah makes sense now some a bit more technical questions if that's Ooh. okay <laughs> yeah of course because <laughs> um i'm curious more about let's say printing the artwork right because um usually i deliver like digital products and yes um like even if I want to print it for myself, let's say I'm I'm very curious how you do that. So yeah. for example, um, do you have like preferred materials for printing it on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something for me that has evolved mm-hmm. over the past four or five years, and I think that with experimentation, trying out different techniques, you find what you feel suits your work, mm-hmm. and what best conveys uh, the art that you're displaying so if I'm working on a paper print then I print those on a cotton rag um, fine art paper Uh um, which has a kind of really smooth but thick it's 310 grams so it it's really weighty but isn't too mottly I mean it's all very like nuanced (laughs) but all of the things that I've kind of decided that I feel captures the ink quality and the color depth to my satisfaction in terms of of a print Mm -hmm. um but the majority of my so I have some works which are prints which are a higher run number so say 25 to 50 okay 
and these will obviously be a lower price point to a collector yeah. because there's more of them so they aren't of as val- as great a value yeah and these sense. will be paper prints yeah then i do limited editions yeah. which are originals so they'll often only be five mm-hmm. in ever printed and yeah. they are um printed on aluminium and they're called dye bond and they have an acrylic overlay so it's I kind of I have an image on my website and I'll I'll send it over to you to like include with the podcast yeah, so nice. people can, yeah. people can see but That's basically fun. it's a layer of aluminium yeah. with a subframe so that it hovers uh-huh. off of the wall wow. and then the photography is sandwiched between the aluminium yeah. and acrylic glass uh-huh. so it well there's several different things to me it has a very contemporary feel which I feel yeah. fits my art aesthetic really well um it also has great longevity in terms mm-hmm. of um its gallery standard it's on archival paper and the you know the ink has fade resistant and the glass mm-hmm. has uv protection so right. all of those things add to the longevity of the artwork um, and then often I will have that then tray framed in an oak frame mm-hmm. and it just it just looks how I always wanted it to look oh, so it's a yeah. lot of different practicing and I get that done in Germany uh-huh. um, and then I get it shipped back to me in the UK uh-huh. so that's so you also put even a frame around it then for... yeah oh wow so you completely prepare the product for the customer basically yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean it often when so with my with my prints the prints will just go out as a print yeah that won't be I mean um I sometimes have collectors request that it is framed and then I'll sort the framing yeah but with often people want to frame it themselves when it's just a smaller print right. but then yeah. when I'm working on larger custom pieces for collectors they you know they have they already know exactly what they want so I'll just prepare all of that for them and also I like to especially when I'm working on larger pieces the whole piece the finish of the piece is super important to me so Mm -hmm. I want to know that it's framed and done to perfection before it goes to my clients so that I know exactly how it left the studio and is going to arrive to them in the same condition yeah yeah makes sense Nice. And you want to make them as premium as possible, those limited edition ones, of course. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Wow. Wow, there's so much involved in this, isn't there? <laughs> I mean, it, it's... My brains are like... <laughs> working it's, constantly. It's, a, it's always, you know, yeah. with, any, with any job, you learn as you yeah. go. And I've experimented with... I remember when I first, first started out, I got an artwork printed as an acrylic. Yeah. Um. But it was just at a, you know, it was inexpensive, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't always necessarily mean bad, but you do pay for what you get for. And yeah. I didn't know it was just done at a local printers. It wasn't a specific fine art printers mm-hmm. and it arrived and it was horrendous. You know, it was it was awful. The color, oh, you know, no. the the color grading was completely off. So, you know, oh, how it no. looks on the screen. Yeah. 
didn't look no. how it looked in real life. Um, and you know, this was this was for a show, like my first show, like uh-huh. five years ago. Oh, and no. I had to, you know, you you learn, you learn from those yeah. mistakes. So you know, I always tell people find a reputable printers okay. and get tests done. You know, you can order like strip samples, ah, okay. printing samples to you know to see how your work is going to then look printed and you know you will then find what what is going to work for you and and what and what doesn't because that's one of the things with photography is that at some point you hand that part of the process over to somebody else before you then get it back so you need to find a good printers and experiment (laughs) yeah makes sense nice okay and um for the um settings let's say when you ex because it's another very technical question but when you export your goods to be sent to the printer your picture sorry um what kind of export settings you use like do you use like smik color so i it it depends it depends on who i'm printing with because okay some of the printers have um, printer profiles, um, which is set up with their system. So what I can do is I import their printer profiles into Photoshop, and then I can apply the printer profile to the artwork. Oh. So I can then see, roughly speaking, how it will then look yeah. um, printed. And sometimes that's, um, you know... Di- you know cmyk sometimes it's um like adobe yeah rgb or um yeah it it, it varies yeah, so yeah. that makes sense yeah. and again it's sometimes why it's really good to, to get you know test samples uh-huh. test samples done on different papers or done on different mediums so you can see how it's going to translate mm-hmm. in real life that makes sense Okay, awesome. Good. So these were like the technical questions. Next thing I wanted to ask, I saw you being represented by an agent. Yes. And I'm curious about how does that work and um, like what pluses and perhaps even minuses does that have being represented by a talent agency? So this was something that I was really excited about when... I even learned that there were agencies for artists because as I said to you before earlier in my career I worked with galleries Mm -hmm. and galleries are often very prescriptive in what they want to see you making um, and I didn't want that kind of control over Mm -hmm. my practice so when I discovered about agencies was you know if you have an actor they'll have an agent who you know is representing them um who you know handles elements of pr who handles elements of um contracts and Mm -hmm. collaborations Mm -hmm. and it definitely seems like a real niche in in the market to have something like this for artists because the art market is changing the way that people interact with art is changing so it seemed like a really interesting niche so I started having a chat with 
Maureen, who is the CEO of MTR Agency. And um, we're actually discussing my artwork, Hope. And those conversations led to further conversations and we decided to work together. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just been a really special time actually because we started working together during lockdown um, last year and all of our conversations were through Zoom calls and even without meeting each other, I could just see a like-mindedness mm-hmm. and um, a drive towards sharing creativity and keeping people uplifted in you know a really really difficult time and for me working with MTR agency has just been really empowering because it's I have a team of people at my side who are super talented and super creative for that matter but are also aware of my practice engaged with my practice practice and supportive of my practice Mm -hmm. so with them I'm able to to grow and flourish Mm -hmm. um whilst having support which is kind of like the dream the dream duo so um since uh last year um you know we've worked on a number of different public art projects which I'm super passionate about because as I said you know people haven't been able to go to exhibitions to see art so to be able to bring art to the streets of London and for people to be able to see artwork on their you know daily social distanced walks has just been really empowering and 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 super special and we've got lots more coming up um this year so yeah it's it's just kind of a great meeting of minds and a way to navigate um sharing artwork in a completely different format to the gallery format and I think it's a really powerful one that's great so they help you basically with the marketing part of your business I'll just say don't they so elements of marketing but also um the bringing together of collaborations so they you know they will come up with um different potential opportunities that you know speak to me Mm -hmm. as an artist Mm -hmm. and and from there I can build collaborations and work on different projects um and you know make some really special artwork happen yeah that's nice what about the London can you tell more about the projects in London that you had that sounds exciting at the moment, I have my artwork on the L'Occitane store on Regent Street. So we did a public artwork with them. Um, so we have, I basically, they wanted to um, turn the whole outside of the shop into a public artwork. So I used virtual reality um, app on my phone to kind of bring the artworks to life and they glow up at night um I also have um an artwork which is going to be hopefully on Marble Arch projected onto Marble Arch in the summer 
um, which is really, really special. Um, it's called Metamorphosis uh -huh. and hopefully it will be an amazing light show which will happen during the night. Uh -huh. um, well, from sundown until sun until like midnight, uh -huh. so from sunset till around midnight. Um, so we're just, you know, waiting for like the go ahead on on things like that. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, yeah. And there's there's a couple of other things, but I can't say yet. Okay, case, right. So. Ooh, now I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Awesome. Okay, another question I had for you, actually, because um, I was super curious, because I was thinking about this already for a couple of weeks, and I saw mm. you just launched it. So I'm very curious to ask you is about NFTs. Yes. So I yes. saw you also launched your own NFT, didn't you? Could you tell us a little I, bit more about that? No, I, I haven't actually done one. I haven't done one no, yet. I saw no. something about it. No, so I'm I I'm always open yeah. to, you know, new ways of expressing ourselves. And yeah. I think especially for those digital artists who that has been their core medium you know, for the past 20 years and they've had no real method of selling their art yeah. previously. I think it's super empowering for them to now have NFTs. Now, my artwork obviously falls between photography, digital art and then physical work. Yeah. And I love having a physical artwork that has texture and materiality and all of those things yeah. however I do use digital art within my work and I also love incorporating elements of virtual reality uh -huh. into my work so it's definitely something that I'm interested in mm -hmm. exploring but at the moment there are several other areas of my practice which I just kind of feel more strongly about mm -hmm. that I'm kind of working on so it's definitely something that's I'm not saying never say never you yeah. know it's it's definitely something that I'm looking into and researching mm -hmm. um and I think it's just the tip of the iceberg in how work is you know it's 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 obviously the buzzword mm -hmm. at the moment and whilst I think it's it's special and interesting mm -hmm. I think it has a long way to go and I think that it will evolve a lot over the next year five years mm -hmm. ten years so I'm interested to see where it evolves and open to the possibility mm -hmm. of of making NFT. work in that direction uh -huh. interesting yeah I was I was I'm, I started also researching it's something completely new but it looks very interesting so I'm very curious I was very curious if you like I, I yeah. thought you actually did one artwork no, or something I haven't that. I haven't I done one I haven't so. done one yet but I am thinking about, it. Thinking about it yeah yeah me too I'm very curious yeah. to learn a bit more so I'm hoping to find a person who can tell me more about it as well yeah yeah that's very interesting nice okay cool so that's a interesting topic I think to also yeah. touch upon um, definitely and learn about okay 
another thing I wanted to ask is about your creative processes, because obviously you're an artist and you have these amazing pieces, like the one with the little pill in between the lips and the whole yeah. world inside it and things yeah. like that. And I was just wondering, um, how do you find your inspiration? How do you even, you know, come up with such beautiful ideas? <laughs> I mean, my my brain is a very interesting space. <laughs> And um, <laughs> I, I, I just, I often get just visions in my head. And whilst it sounds cliche, it genuinely is how it's like, you know, I speak to my fiance and he's very talented musically and he will be able to just hear something in his head that he wants to play <laughs> and can then just play it. So for me, I am very kind of emotional and visual. So my, an artwork being emotive is very important to me, plus how it would then kind of feel physically. So in my mind, if I can like visualize a color or a feeling or an emotion or an image, that's how an artwork plants a seed in my head. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that inspiration comes from a variety of, of different places, from books, films, music, um, nature especially. And it's one of the reasons I live in the countryside, because I'm <laughs> constantly inspired by my natural surroundings. And also just human experiences, my life experiences. So my process very much starts from those points. Mm -hmm. Wow, nice. Awesome. Um, and now I wanted to ask you is a um, couple of closing questions. Yeah. Because I already took a lot of your time. Oh, um, it's fine. <laughs> thanks. Um, like, it seems like you're having a lot of fun uh, at your work. What, what do you love most about your work? What is most fun for you? Uh, I just I I honestly love being able to do what I love mm -hmm. and it, there there are so many it's it's quite complex because when your passion becomes your job that does complicate things because it can no longer just be purely what you love because it's also your your income but what yeah. keeps me uh, like <clears throat> I'm obsessed with my work and I'm definitely a workaholic so I just love being able to wake up and eat breathe and sleep my my craft and my practice and it means I constantly get to you know meet new people talk to you know talk to people like you talk to new people be inspired by what others are doing and communicate kind of globally with so many different people is amazing it's something I never thought that I would be able to share my work with so many people and to affect so many people and inspire different people so just being I just feel so grateful all the time that I'm able to communicate in the way that I am able to communicate and it's such a privilege to be able to do 
the thing that I've always loved as my full-time job. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, makes sense. Um, do you have some influencers or books or anything um, that can, um, you know, people find for inspiration when creating their work? I see. I I things that I I mean I have a couple of artists who just you know on Instagram who I love but the thing often the things that I listen to and read aren't always necessarily directly art related so there's a podcast called at home with okay and it's by um Lily Pebbles and Anna Newton mm-hmm. and they do this they're both close friends anyway and they do this series where they talk to successful women and they talk to them I mean this was pre-covid that they started doing this but they they talk to them in their homes Uh and so they kind of get to see a little bit of because I think a home says a lot about you you know it's your space so they get to learn how these women's careers um developed how they developed as women themselves and also then a little bit of interior design which I absolutely oh, love nice. yeah. <laughs> so um yeah that's a fantastic um podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram I love following Heather Day she's a, a contemporary painter um who's based in uh, California and she's building um a studio in the desert at the moment and it just looks amazing I want to go visit it um, when it's finished. Um, And then there's another artist called Dan Lamb who makes these amazing drippy sculptures. I imagine if you saw them, you'd probably recognise her work. Uh Um, But they're they're amazing. Um, And then books. I just, I I really love fiction books Uh that... I mean, I, I have a whole plethora of art books that I've that I've read on, you know, colour theory and things like that. But yeah. the books that actually really inspire me are like Pillars of the Earth mm-hmm. by Ken Follett, which because I'm a massive history nerd buff. So um, it was all about the building of a cathedral. Okay. Um, so, but in a fi- but set fictionally, um, but with real historical characters evolving around that and then you know kind of fantasy books as well which is like (laughs) my bag but yeah so nothing I mean I think sometimes when you take yourself outside of the thing that you're doing that's when I find the most inspiration so you know just going for a walk Mm. or um listening to some classical music or something like that really kind of allows my brain to stop thinking to be able to think if that makes sense yeah nice which fantasy books now i'm curious oh no like all of the trashy stuff that they talk about on book talk definitely like um a court of thorn and roses i just bought that book yes you're gonna you're gonna love it it's trashy and obsessive okay nice i'm curious yeah it's 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 like young it's it's young adult but not young adult it's like steamy young adult (laughs) 
Okay, okay, okay. I'm <laughs> very curious. Nice. Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely going to love it. Yeah, there's I've I'm on the the newest newest one. I think it's mm-hmm. the fifth book at the minute, and yeah, it's completely. You know, when you just want to, it doesn't have to be. You know, not every book that you read has to be like super highbrow. Like wow. for me, books are too. Like I read books when I lay in the sun or lay in the bath. For me, books are absolutely. like relaxing. So I yes. want the books to be fun and getting you into and fantasy indeed for me yes fantasy is the absolutely. Thing. Yeah. absolutely sorry i got us off the track <laughs> no it's good it's good i was very curious because i love this i love fantasy books okay yeah yeah um what exciting projects are you working on right now i heard something about hope so yeah i mean i've got i've got a couple of more public art things that are coming soon yeah in london um, so I'll be sharing them probably in the next couple of weeks nice. on my Instagram, which is great. Um, I'm also working on a big project with a well-known company <laughs> um, where I'm creating an artwork, um, which a big artwork which I'm really excited about which that's a secretive project again I can probably I can probably share more in like July July time Um, and then I'm 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 also just working on like a new collection of of artwork um which I can't wait to kind of really get my teeth into I love Mm -hmm. making a new body of work um and also I'm creating some filters so I've got my hope filter Uh I don't know if you've tried it out um, on Instagram. You know, like the face filters. Okay, okay. So yeah, my my hope filter. So you can have the the plasters with the flowers come up on your ah, face. Sick, smart. Um, but I'm working on creating a couple of others for some of my other artworks. Uh-huh. Everyone voted for Head in the Clouds mm-hmm. to become a filter. So I'm mid process on that because it's more challenging than I anticipated. <laughs> but um, yeah, I can't wait to release that as well. So uh-huh. yeah. So there's a lot of exciting projects happening. Yes, yeah. there's stuff coming yeah. and I can share it oh, soon nice. on, my, on my Instagram. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, yeah, so this, this thing's, this thing's coming awesome. and my work's going to be the, the work in um, the Loxitan yeah. store on Regent Street is now becoming an actual indoor exhibition. So I'm taking oh, nice. over the whole top floor of the store and you'll be able to go and view the work and sit and have a drink and look through the artwork and stuff yes exactly exactly I'm in the middle of making the playlist for for the for the store so yeah that's going to be really exciting so if anybody is in London during April and May then okay okay tricky tricky <laughs> <laughs> i mean we can all travel so much at the moment i right? don't know what the problem is <laughs> oh. oh that's nice i'd love to see that actually yeah. yeah if i'm ever in london i'm gonna reach out and then i'm gonna ask you very you. exactly i can see your work because i want to yes please do that please do fun. awesome so speaking of because um where can the listeners find you so where can what's your instagram or tiktok so my instagram is claire luxton art my tiktok let me triple check (laughs) i want to check my own username yeah my tiktok is claire luxton 
just Claire Luxton. My website is www.clareluxtonart.com. Um, and then my YouTube is Claire Luxton Art as well, I believe. Basically, if you just type me in, I'll probably come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Google. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Great. So as a final note, what would be your, um, as a final, final advice, like um, quick advice for a, um, for someone starting as an artist? I would say definitely have a social media presence that's purely professional and share, 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 share. And don't overthink it. Don't don't try and edit it now. You know, you can you can find out what works and do that at a later date. Don't critique yourself before you've actually shared it, mm-hmm. you know, because you'll think I'm going to share this. No, that's not good. No one will like it and then never share it. But then you don't know because you've never shared it. So just, you know, set up, you know, all the social and have a really good social media presence um, and have a dedicated email address and contact details so people can actually reach out to you and talk to you about your work because you never know who's looking who's watching and yeah don't don't compare yourself too much yep great one beautiful (laughs) all right thank you claire very much this was super interesting um yeah thank Thank you you for having me thanks